Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Welcome to Stupidity, home of the greatest media mind ever to walk the planet. I tell you what, man, he's a literal titan across the entire media landscape. Okay, so here's the deal. He's a true icon in every sense of the word. He's loved and feared more than any being to grace this planet. There's two guys. Hey, a man with a voice that sounds like Barry White and Beyonce had a Jewish baby. God himself would pay $39.99 for a cameo. Fact of the matter is, you are about to embark on a transcendent experience that can only be described as psychological nudity. This is Stu Goss, and this is Stupidity. Here we go, Jim. Tony! All right, welcome into another episode of Stupidity, the biggest podcast in the world, thanks to you. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Unsubscribe, resubscribe, re rate, re review. And as always, listening is optional. How about that? Um, I want to tell you before I tell you who the guest is, is going to be that I was supposed to do a thing with my microphone that Mike Ryan went over it with me. I think Chris Whittingham did as well clearly went over it listen it's a yeti microphone into a computer and i'm yeah i don't quick player and this and i'm supposed to do settings i don't know listen i'm 47 years old and i have no idea what they're they're speaking a foreign language to me and so what i want you to laugh at is just how bad the audio is my audio uh, during the interview that's coming up my guest audio is perfect why because he did it from his studios um, we are two weeks removed here uh, from our time at ESPN, which we love very much. Um, but there's really only a couple of people, maybe one person I can speak to about life after ESPN. Just want to make sure that we're going to be okay. And one of those people, or I guess the only person, is Dan Patrick. Now, again, Listen how good his audio is, and listen uh, how bad mine is. And I apologize. I know that it's all on me. It is not on Mike. It is not on Witty. They went over this with me. Uh, I just had no idea what they were saying. Okay? Um, but Dan Patrick is coming up right now. Stupidity! Oh, hello, Dan. Uh, I'm sober now, so... I mean, how about you show up on time for crying out loud? Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> oh, you're the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why are you I mean, so? Why are you so aggressive? I mean, I don't know. I just am. I, I that's I. I'm that way with the shorties, and I am that way with you. I mean, but, but you're short too, so yeah, you're right. You're right. Well played. I know, but damn, when I asked you to come on the podcast, the response I'm not expecting is "fuck." <laughs> <laughs> And I, then I think I said, uh, thanks for the heads up. All the, uh, <laughs> like, Hey, can you do it tomorrow? I go, wow. You really thought of me, didn't you? 
Although I have to say, I've worked with you for two weeks now, Stu Gotts, and that is an appropriate response. It is, yes. It is, yes. That's how most people <laughs> should respond to me. You're right, Mikey. Fuck! <laughs> Even before I see the message. Oh, God. How was the show today, Dan? Oh, it was award-winning. Yeah, it was wonderful. Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> What'd yeah. you guys talk about? What'd you do? <laughs> Let's cut the fucking small talk, all right? Let's get right into the podcast, all right? Yeah, well, we are. This is the podcast. The podcast. No, it's is, not. Yes. <laughs> you want you want to take it where you want to take it. Where do you want to go? I know. I just thought I'd get a formal introduction. Like nobody cares about how was the show and what you talk about. Oh, I think people do care. No, he they wants don't. me to start with you and me sitting awkwardly and waiting for him. Yes, exactly. That's what I yeah, like. Because yeah, people are going to think I was late and you were twenty nineteen minutes late. I uh, did. I was a day and nineteen minutes late. We were supposed to do this yesterday. So. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> my apologies you, you were 24 hours and 19 minutes late that's not bad for your own podcast well done Stu Guts. uh we are talking to one of the greats a legend in our industry uh and i am glad i have arrived at a place where i can have a few laughs with this man because i grew up watching this man does that make you feel old when i say that i grew up watching this man but i did i grew up watching you dan it is dan patrick uh, host of the Dan Patrick Show, of course, legendary sports center anchor as well. Uh, Dan, does that make you feel old when people say they grew up watching you? Dan and I are starting to get some of that now. Hey, we grew up listening to you guys. No, I always wonder what you're doing when you're watching me. That's what I always think of. Because <laughs> you don't want to think of that, but yeah. I always, I used to think of that occasionally when I was doing Sports Center. It'd be, you know, 1132, and I'd go, I wonder what people are doing when they're watching Sports Center. <laughs> Because they're probably not just watching Sports Center; they're right. probably doing other things. Uh, yes, and what did you ever like imagine what it is they were doing at that time? Like the the feel good edition of Sports Center. I think we all know what we were doing during that edition. Um, did you mm -hmm. ever imagine to yourself what we what people were doing? While well, it might have been a, a feel good edition for you. Whatever you were doing at home, for all I know. <laughs> I don't, you were probably alone, but, um, yeah, I, I did give that some thought that maybe it's like somebody's there and, you know, they're in their boxers and, you know, having a beer watching me. <laughs> I never thought that there were women watching, but I always knew that there were dudes watching and it probably wasn't a good picture. No, no. Um, <laughs> and then one thing would lead to another. So you yeah. imagine couples having sex while watching Dan Patrick go sports center. Let's just cut to it. Right. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And if, and if not, it was a solo, uh, right. you know, yes. solo affair by somebody and they were just sitting there watching me yeah. scratching and, you know, drinking beer and watching, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I appreciated everybody who tuned in at that time. So, uh, Dan, I will ask you this. I'm not certain, you know, there are only uh, a few people I can ask this of. Uh, so I am asking this on behalf of me and Levitar. What the hell do we do now, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I tried to give Levitar right. guidance, but I... You know, there's part of me that realized you have to, you kind of have to do it on your own. You have to, I can tell you, but until you do it, you won't know what that feeling is like when right. all of a sudden those four letters are taken away from you. And those are powerful letters. They are. And even more powerful back then than what they are now, because back then, you know, you weren't quite sure if you left, you were basically, it was a kind of a, a career death sentence that, what are you doing? You left ESPN. What's wrong with you? Wait, is there something wrong with you? And that's why you left ESPN. They don't want you anymore. You have these thoughts. People have those opinions, but I knew that I had gone as far as I could go there with what I was doing on sports center right. and I wasn't getting any better and I needed a new challenge. It's just, I didn't realize the challenge that I was facing when I got out. Um, you know, it's nice to get out of Shawshank, but once you get out of Shawshank, then you go where, you know, I don't go to a tree and, and dig up money. Right. Or I'm not going to go to the beach in Florida and, you know, build a boat down there. You, you kind of get out and you realize that you're on your own, but there was beauty in that, that it was freeing because I wanted to find out if I was any good, if I could be better and, and uh, kind of push myself a little bit here. Um, so it's interesting. Yeah. And I, and I think Dan and I are kind of interested to see if we could do that as well. Um, 
Uh, I think we feel confident in doing it because we have uh, we have the audience and we know they have our back. But I got to be honest, since yeah. we left, I feel a little bit naked, Dan. Like I don't have that ESPN card anymore, and I feel like uh, I feel a bit I feel less powerful and a little uh, like I don't have as much clothes on anymore. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's a Trump card. Yeah, that, you know, you could play the ESPN card, and that could get you in the door in a variety of ways, variety of places, get you interviews with people, but. Um, you know, you you kind of hit upon the most important thing. You have an audience that will travel with you. I didn't necessarily have that audience because I was a sports center guy who did radio. Sure. And and it was different. I wasn't all in on radio. Um, and therefore, I don't think I invested in my audience the way you guys have and vice versa. That audience travels with you. And that's that's powerful to have. And I think I understood that once I got out. And then you do build up that loyalty with your audience and how important that is. Um, and that's something I probably didn't do well at ESPN. I, I didn't, I don't think I invested in my audience the way I should have because I still saw myself as a so, so-called TV personality. Sure. It's a bit harder to do with TV uh, than with SportsCenter, although you yeah. guys did have your audience. Like you and Keith had, and you know that, you had a, yeah. you had a massive audience, of course. Do you have regrets of not getting or doing radio, trying radio a bit earlier? Um, because I think that's really where you can, the community we're talking about around our show in particular, and now your show, because you guys have done a wonderful job in creating your own community. Um, and we share some of the same community, but do you have any regrets as it relates to, to radio? You were so great on TV, but I think you really love radio, Dan. I love radio more than I do TV. You know, I don't miss football night in America. Right. I don't miss hosting the Olympics. But if you took away radio that daily three hours, yes. then I would miss that. Yeah. Um, even when we were off after Christmas, I missed it. Yeah. You know, I, you just, you're, you're uh, programmed to, okay, what are we talking about today? Who are the guests today? Uh, what are the fun things that we saw? What am I angry about? And and you kind of plan your day accordingly. And then I would wake up and I'd go, uh, I'm not supposed to be thinking that way, but you can't help but think that way. You're right. you're you. I've been doing this for such a long period of time, but I love radio. I, I think radio is still the the last bastion of freedom in what we have that if I say it, you can react to it. You can text the show or tweet the show, I should say. You can dial us up. You can email. You can have a response right away. And you can't do that in any other medium. If you write a column, you're not getting that. We're not, you know, watching you write a column in right. the Miami Herald. Mm -hmm. uh, or if you're doing Sports Center, we can't get in touch with you. But I think that uh, symbiotic relationship is really important that the audience knows that you're in it with them and they're in it with you. They laugh with you. They laugh at you and vice versa. And uh, I, I think that ability to kind of put yourself out there. I, I probably didn't think about doing the show the way we do it now until I decided after listening to Howard Stern one day and I was somehow enthralled with Ronnie Mund, his limo driver, and yeah. I really cared about Sal's penis <laughs> and and Richard's dad in Kansas. Right. And I thought that's that's the genius behind Howard Stern is to make something or somebody interesting to you that otherwise you wouldn't care about. And I thought if I have four guys that I know and I like and we're friends with, I basically have my own studio audience that reacts to what I say. And then I give them a voice as well. Then I can do something that's fun. And, and you can reveal yourself. And I was afraid to do that. I was afraid, even on SportsCenter for a long period of time, sure. I was afraid to be myself. And I remember Oberman, because after every SportsCenter, I would get the tape of SportsCenter and go upstairs and put it into the machine and watch the entire SportsCenter. So I'd do 11 to 12 live, get the tape, come back up, watch and now I was watching for what I didn't do right. I right. wasn't looking for what I did well. I was looking for mistakes. Because the tape doesn't lie, right? No. And and finally, Oberman walked by me. Because I had been doing this for probably six months. And he walked by and just kind of out of sight of his mouth, he goes, you got the fucking job. And they kept moving. <laughs> and, and he was saying, 
you know, now develop yourself. Don't be nitpicking. You got the job. You're good at what you do. Now find out who you are and have fun. And, and it, it, it changed. It changed overnight where I finally went in and, and I realized they, we weren't allowed to have fun back then. They were, they were pretty strict. Everything that we did, we, try, we had to try to get away with. Right. Now they encourage you to be goofy and wacky and come up with nicknames or whatever it is, catchphrases. Back then, we thought 11 o'clock, they're going to bed. We can do what we want to do. <laughs> and that's the only reason why it worked is we all knew inside the building we're doing some things we're not probably supposed to do, but we love the danger of it. And, um, you know, I think that that helped me when it came to starting my own radio show is have fun. Don't yeah. be afraid. You know, yeah. it's all right. You screw up, you get made fun of, you get yelled at. It's okay. And, and that, that really has been beneficial. And I hear it with your show, mm -hmm. you know, Levitard is, can be serious, yeah. very smart, but then that ability to allow people to make fun of him and he embraces it is the key. Um, even his dad making fun of his weight, like sure. the audience senses that and, and they, they don't want you to be like somebody I don't know, or I can't touch, or I, I don't understand. It's like, Holy shit. Did you hear what they're saying about him or, his dad made fun of him and his hair and you know, like there's so many things that were on the table that I, I just thought that that that's the approach you need to have with your audience. If you truly want them to invest in you. Uh, I totally agree. But I think you just hit on something important. It has to start on the top. So if Dan at the top, if Dan Levitard is is OK with being made fun of, if he's OK uh, with us taking shots at him or his dad taking shots at him then by extension, everyone has to be okay with it, and you seem to embrace that. That's that's kind of philosophically, that's the way you go about your show. If Dan Patrick's okay with being made fun of, then if you want to be a part of this thing, you're going to be okay with it too. But it's a trickle down yes. because then my guys can't go, hey, you're making fun of me. I'm going to make fun of me, and I'll start with me, and then we'll have fun with you. And and it's difficult because I'm, I've been on the air for you know 40 years, these guys have it and I have to be fair to them that if you're having fun at their expense, how are they going to accept that? Or if their family feels like you're picking on them. So there's a variety of things that went into it, but it still went back to Howard Stern, who I've listened to since 1986, a light went off and I said, you know what, if I'm going to do it. And I had people who were going to go in business with me and said, we don't want other guys on the air. And I said, if they're not on the air, then I'm not doing it. And it came down to that. And uh, the people I went into business with said, okay. And, and I, you know, we never look back. Who in the group uh, of the Danettes is the, because by the way, when that happens with my family and it is stopped, like they don't complain about what happens on that show anymore, because every time they do, I say, look what comes into your bank account every week. Um, so I am wondering um, who amongst the Danettes is the most sensitive. Is, is and, you're, there... and you're driving a BMW, right? When you took me home from Levitard's wedding. Yeah, you... I did. Yes, yes. That moment we had together, I drove See, you it's home. It's not that you gave I, me I, a I, ride I, home. You right. took me home. You, it, there's a difference difference in that Stu got you took me home from Levitard's wedding reception yeah, yeah, yeah I, did. I did take yes, you home yes you did oh yes I oh, did. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, I took it all the uh, way home Mike <laughs> yeah you did. not all the way home not all the way home you got in the driveway that was about it yeah um, as far home as I could get <laughs> yes um but you are you are you are craftily dodging uh my question about oh, who was what, the most I'm sorry the most sensitive um <laughs> Oh, I want to guess. Well, I don't know. Um, it's not Paulie. I think Paulie could be the most sensitive. Wow. Uh, but he doesn't allow you to penetrate, you know, his veneer like that. Paulie does what he does better than anybody. But if you return fire sometimes on Paulie, I mean, no offense, Mike, but Paulie blows you away, basically, when it comes to producing. <laughs> but, you know, don't worry about that. See, I wanted to see how sense I wanted to see how sensitive Mike was on this. Right. Yes, yes. Um, probably Fritzy. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, he wears his heart on his sleeve. He really does. And they're not even sleeves. It's like he didn't have long, long. <laughs> they're short sleeves. And he has his heart right there. And bless his heart. Like he means he means well. He just he's just basically saying he's a pinata. Yeah. He's 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 a he's a daily pinata. And you just decide how hard you want to swing. Um, right. But the guest booking game, Dan, is is a tricky game. It's what have you done for me lately? And so oh. I had to, yeah, I know. And Fritzy, like no one wants to get bigger <laughs> guests on the show more ever in the history of guest booking. I've spoken uh, with Fritzy yeah. than Todd Fritz. Like he, and if he doesn't get you a big guest, he feels like he's failed and he wears it all over himself. I mean, <laughs> well, we remind him as well. <laughs> yes, uh, you do. <laughs> yeah, and and he's, but he does. He cares. I mean, he, it's to the point where it's probably detrimental to his health. He cares so much, but right. I, you know, he, I love that. He, he will all hours of the day and night, you know, he's available and he doesn't That's sleep tough. that much, but he's always, you know, working on somebody, a game will end at one thirty in the morning and Fritzy will reach out to uh, the Clippers to see if we can have Kawhi <laughs> on the next day. I'll say, Fritzy, don't do that. Like he's, Kawhi's not joining us. He hit the game winner against Sacramento. Yeah. Well, I just thought I'd reach out to him. I go, okay. Yeah. But he he means well, and but I'd I'd say he's probably the most sensitive. But Dan, like I've because I I've been a guest booker before, and I've told Todd this. Okay, uh, it's like sales. Guest booking is like sales, and the more a team says no to you, the more you want to land that account. The commissioner of the NFL has not been on the show. Oh, since I've hosted. Oh, boy. But he's been on the show. I think it's been like nine or ten years since he last joined us. Okay. But is he, that a you uh, thing or is that a Fritzy thing now? <laughs> I don't. It's either a combo platter okay. or it's neither of us. Although it could be me. I don't know. <laughs> but he, like, it's like I, that just I, dawned on you, Dan. Maybe you did something I don't to know. upset I, him. I, right? I, I, I never go out of my way to be critical of, of the commissioner. I, I don't, I it just, if there's something that needs to be said, I said, right. and if that means you won't come on the show, then that's fine. I mean, you have that prerogative. You don't want to come on. That's fine. Um, but he has come on twice on the show when somebody else was guest hosting. Right. Okay. And yeah. he would always go on with Mike and Mike. Yes. And uh, you know, I just viewed it as, you know, that's a, a soft landing there with Mike and Mike. Sure. Um, and that's why he wasn't going to come on our show. You know, when David Stern would come on the show, I knew I was going to go, we were going to battle. Like, he yeah. came on to battle. He didn't uh, give a bleep, though. He didn't care. No, he did not. Right. And and I had always had great respect for the commissioner. If he would at least be an all, he would come on and talk to you. Whereas, you know, Roger Goodell, Adam Silver has been good, and, and Rob Manfred have been very good. But uh, the commissioner of the NFL haven't gotten him. And then yeah. I just view it as, it, like, the longer it goes, the better the bit is that, yeah, I'd rather not have him on of course. than to have him on. Yes. And then all of a sudden it ends. It's like <laughs> I tell the Danettes about winning a sports Emmy. I said, I, I, love it. I don't want to win a sports Emmy <laughs> because then the bid is over. And then they're like, no, we want to know what that feeling is like. And I go, okay, if we win, then we're not the underdog anymore. Right. You know, we get nominated and we lose to – uh, MLB tonight or pardon the interruption or, you know, who outside the lines. And I'm like, okay, yeah. I get it. Yeah. It hurts, but I, you know, it, I, I'd rather not win <laughs> if it meant that we got to keep, keep this. Oh, woe is me. And it's always a big deal. Come sports Emmy time. And the audience cares so much about us winning. We have a great life. Right. I don't, you know, if I don't win another sports Emmy, I'm okay. <laughs> but the Danettes are just, just desperate Jones in for that sports day. They want to know what it's like to be right, a winner. Right. <laughs> and you're the only one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. They want to know what it's like, but. Yeah. But with Emmys come credibility. They don't want that. That's not good for them. <laughs> credibility is not good for What's the matter with that? <laughs> I know. I know. It's too much pressure. Yes. I, I just said, you, you don't want the pressure. Yes. You know, all of a sudden, you know, Oberman and I, and we've been elevated here and, uh, and I, then you got to live up to that billing and you don't want that. You don't want the pressure. <laughs> uh, Dan Patrick with us here on stupidity. Um, I do think you guys should have done this. 
And okay. I don't like to program. This our shows. is I love. No, please program our show. We don't. Okay. Get, listen, I am telling you right now, you guys have been programming our shows in ways that you just don't know about. <laughs> I know. Oh, I know. Levitar <laughs> tells me. He goes, uh, "We took your stat of the day." I go, "All right, whatever." He goes, "Yeah, we're not giving it back." I go, "At least you told me." Yeah. Um, I thought that you guys should have gotten to the big announcement, and you and Dan both had big announcements, and you were going to make them. And then you were going to make them at the same time as if you both were going to say, we're leaving ESPN. And I thought it would have been great if you would have been, you would have said at the same time when Levitard says, and we're going to leave ESPN that you say, and I'm going to stay at ESPN. <laughs> and just that, just, just how awkward it would have been if Levitard goes, okay, Stu got you ready. One, two, three. We I'm are, staying, we are at staying ESPN. At, we're at, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> you might be feeling that way in about six months where you go to Levitard. Six months? Six weeks? Six, six days? Weeks. <laughs> six I'm hours? There. I'm there. I just told you I feel naked. <laughs> now, I, I will say this. When I first started, when I left ESPN, first week on air, Yeah, we're in Los Angeles. Right. So it's three hours earlier. It's six to nine a.m. local. And uh, Paulie's with me. I think I have 23 affiliates. And um, I I remember where we're having, you know, we had Phil Jackson on, I think. We had David Beckham. Like, we we had great guests on. But Paulie got yelled at because we replayed a segment two hours later. The program director was upset because he heard it when he got up and then he heard it when he was driving in and he got upset. And I, you know, the soundproof glass, when you Mm -hmm. can hear through the soundproof glass, then you know that somebody is really yelling. And I could hear through the soundproof glass that Paulie was being yelled at. And I got through the show at nine and, and Paulie was great because this is at 840 where Paulie's getting yelled at. I got to go up. I got 20 more minutes here, and I am I, I can't imagine why he's getting yelled at. And uh, I said, what happened? He goes, I'm not, don't worry about it. I'll tell you after the show. After the show, I said to Paulie, I said, what happened? Uh, you know what? We, we replayed a segment, and, uh, you know, the, you know, the guys, you know, your boss didn't like it. I mean, we were tired, and, you know, so I'm feeling horrible. First week, first week that we're on. Sure. So 9.15, I'm walking back to my hotel. We're in Burbank. And I call my wife. I said, I think I just made the biggest mistake of my life. She goes, what? I told her what's, what happened. We're walk, I walk by, and there's a, um, a pizza, pizzeria. And the guy is in there mopping the floor. So it's 9.30. It's not open until 11, I think. Mm-hmm. And I bang on the door. No, no. And I go, yes, yes. <laughs> and I, I, the guy opened the door and I said, look, can I just get a pitcher of beer and I'll order a pizza when you're, when you're open? It's 930 and he's mopping the floor. So like I have to lift my feet up and he's mopping underneath me. And I sat there and drank a pitcher of beer <laughs> and then I ordered a pizza. I don't even think I ate it. I just ordered it. And I walked back and Paulie said, just take a nap, wake up. And I think we wanted to go to porn star karaoke that night uh, at Sardo's where they actually have porn stars who come in and do karaoke and that'll fix anything. And then I was fine the next day. Like we got a verbal spanking, a pitcher of beer, porn star karaoke. And I was back. That was it. But I, I did. I did have that moment where I went, Oh my God, what did I just do? And, and two months earlier, I've got 300 stations at ESPN. Yeah. Now I have 23. I'm drinking a pitcher of beer at 9.30 local time. Oh, we went from three. That's Listen, you next Tuesday. That's it, you next Tuesday. If that makes way, well, <laughs> Levitar was drinking tequila on the second episode of the podcast. And, he did. And, and somehow Mike Ryan has roped me into smoking a joint with Chris Long on air. I mean, it's unbelievable. Oh, I like yeah. it. I like it. So yeah, maybe I. some gummies. <laughs> maybe some gummies. Yeah. Uh, so, so, Dan, do you remember it like that? 
Because it's funny, because we went from, I think we had like 300, 400 affiliates coast to coast. Now we have none, okay? Now we have a digital network, okay? Uh, And Dan and I, you know, we're getting older. Uh, I was craving today just to have a bumper. I wanted to rejoin. I just wanted like some radio stuff because because Dan and I are so old. But that that day, like the day you left ESPN, do you remember that day and what you felt and what you were thinking? Like, were you thinking right then and there, Dan? mistake uh no 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 no, no. I, okay yeah. but but i was given an ultimatum by my by my boss at sports center and okay. i don't do well with ultimatums right because if you give me an ultimatum do you really want me to stay and i i'd stayed three years longer than i should have okay. and I, I just wasn't getting any better you know i started to color my hair to make myself look younger and i just i looked i didn't i wasn't good on the air i loved covering the nba i love that uh, but I, I wasn't getting any better. I'd, I'd kind of reached you know, that glass ceiling. And so when I left that day and, and usually they escort you out, like, and I even said, look, if I was going to steal something, I wouldn't be stealing it the last day. I would have stolen a week ago or two weeks ago. And all I wanted was all of our interviews from the show. I wanted the library of all the things that we did. That's all I wanted. Sure. I didn't care about, you know, anything in my office or whatever. So I drive home and I, you know, so I get there. I don't know what time it is, probably six 30 or something like that. And uh, my daughter's there and my daughter is nine at the time, eight at the time, something like that. And, and so my youngest is out in the driveway, pull in out in the driveway. She's, I said, Oh man, my wife, she's awesome. Send my daughter out. Welcome home, dad. Whole thing. So my daughter comes up, I parked the car and I'm still in the car in the driver's seat. And then she says, uh, Hey dad, I said, Hey, my, um, should I be honest with you? And I'm thinking, here it comes. She's going to say, I love you. Glad you're home. I said, you should, yeah, you should always be honest with me. Yeah. No matter what I said, yeah, no matter like, come on, just say you love me. And then she goes, okay, even if it hurts your feelings. And I go, Oh man, she's going to make me cry. She's going to tell me she looks, she goes, yeah, you got a booger in your nose, Dad. And then she walked away. So I, I, I thought, well, okay, that didn't end the way I thought it was going to. And then I walked inside, and all my kids were at the kitchen table, four of them and my wife. And it was dead silence. And then finally, my son goes, is this a good thing, Dad? And I said, it's a great thing. And they started banging on the kitchen table for, you know, about two minutes. Yeah. And then fast forward to about two weeks later, I'm on the front porch with the family dog and no one's at home. And I don't. And then it starts to sink in. I left ESPN. Yeah. Nobody leaves ESPN (laughs) unless they're asked to. But I left. And uh, that's when I. I called Paulie and we went and got beer and wings and uh, he kind of talked me down off the ledge and he just said, Hey, you know, we'll figure it out. And, and that was sort of been our motto ever since is you just figure it out. And that's what you and Levitard will do. It's you have a great group, great audience. You'll figure it out. And the audience will be along for the ride with you. Yeah. Oh, and they showed that's, it already. That's the great Great yeah, part of it. And they've shown it already uh, on the podcast network. But I had the same experience with my family, friends, and our audience. Like people, <laughs> Dan, you leave ESPN. Levitard and I didn't say we were retiring. We just said we're leaving. <laughs> we just said we were leaving ESPN. And it's like he and I were a bit startled by people who were congratulating us on great careers. Like, <laughs> hey, we're not stopping. We're just going to go somewhere else. But I think we feel a bit better now, perhaps, than you did when you left because the digital game has exploded in such a way. And we know that we're a digital monster. And right? so I think uh, that makes us feel a little bit better. I want to get back to something you said earlier because I found it to be super interesting. Are the Danettes kind of your gauge? Are they the audience? So if they are laughing or if they're engaged, do you then know that you're onto something good? Are you using yeah. those four guys to gauge the entire audience, basically? Because Dan and I are. Yeah. Yeah. Having a studio audience. And uh, but, you know, these guys are they're they're trained to listen They're You know, they've worked in radio right. uh, most of their lives. And just what you hear, because I, I do this show for radio. I don't do it for TV. 
and I and, and I think that's a pretty good sounding board to be able to have those guys who who know me and know the show and the nuances of it. But um, it's important because I couldn't do a solo. It's now that I've done this. Yes, I could never go back to because I got I didn't want to hear my voice. I got tired of hearing me, right. and I I don't have all the answers. I, I'm not somebody who can carry a program by themselves all three hours. Or even if I can, I don't want to. I don't like that sound. Dan, it's I, hard to do that, man. I like the I like sort of the cacophony of sounds that you get, where it's sound effects or it's something that Fritzy says or Seton says or a, an interview or whatever those things are. It's just there's sensory overload at times. And that's what I always wanted. I I I love being that intimacy of being in your car, uh, being in your head, really, to start there, that you're allowing me in. And there's no better compliment than we, than we have is when somebody allows you in and you're part of their everyday life. And I never take that for granted. And I always say that to the Danettes. Every day is the Super Bowl. Every day is the fucking yeah. Super Bowl. And you have to approach it that way. I mean, we may be, you know, John Elway's Broncos against the Redskins, but we're still in the Super Bowl. You know, we may not win, but we you have to approach it that way. And I that I tell them that's how important it is, because if I don't, then it sounds like I'm mailing it in. Sure. And uh, I did that on SportsCenter uh, at the end of my career. And I, I'll never have that feeling again. Dan, uh, people ask me all the time the most valuable lesson that I've learned from anyone about how to do radio or what's important to do a good, a good radio show. Now, this will uh, sound funny coming from me, but I give them a very simple answer. You came on our radio show early on with me at Levitard, and Dan asked you that exact question, and your simple response was, listen. Yeah. Just listen. Yeah. And you said that to me one time, and it is so... Rather than trying to get to your next question, listen to the response because the next question might be within their last answer and you'll miss it if you're not listening. And normally it is. And I tell people when they say, hey, you know, how do I become a better interviewer? I said, well, first of all, drop the word interviewer. Yeah. You want to be a, a conversationalist. Like a conversation is what you want to have. I don't want it to be I ask a question, you provide an answer. There's nothing better than if I give you a question that you have an answer, then you might ask a question in return with me. Now we have a dialogue. And I think that's what's, it's fun to listen. And I always approach the interviews and I, and I hope that I leave you with something that person said that you'll tell somebody who tells somebody who tells somebody. That's my goal every time. But it's amazing what you'll hear when you listen. And it's, it sounds strange, but people in our industry aren't necessarily the best listeners because, A, we're insecure that we don't want to ask a question that's why, how, where, who, what, because you don't want the audience to think he doesn't even know what he's talking about. I may know your answer. The audience doesn't know your answer. And to get that answer in its context, I could say, why? Biggest reason why you left ESPN? Because, uh, Le- uh, well, I trusted Levitard, and I felt like our audience would follow us anywhere. And so uh, that's the reason I left ESPN. Why did you trust Dan? 20 years. Uh, and no one values me uh, the way Dan does. Not ESPN, not ever, en- not uh, any entity I've ever worked for. Uh, the place, the person I have the most value to is to Levitard in that show. But all those things are is ask a question and get the hell out of the way. That's it. Let them go. Yes. Let them go. And a a lot of times what happens is that we want to ask a question, answer a question, then ask a question. And it's it's not good radio. And, you know, I did a seminar at ESPN. Five days, eight hours each day on just interviewing. Wow. It's the most important thing I've ever done in my career because it taught me what I didn't know, what I thought I knew about asking questions, um, having the research. You know, what one thing that Levitard does well in interviews is that he'll have a little nugget that he always has in his back pocket that I can always play that. I can always get to that. I can, I can steer the conversation. Those things are really, really important. 
And this is what I tell my guys when we're researching. I want something that nobody else knows or that person knows that I've done my homework on them. Yes. Because yeah. they're athletes. You've got to compete with them. They're, they compete with everything. I'm competing for your answers. If I have Aaron Rodgers on, and you guys know Aaron quite well, I got to compete. Yes. Like, I got to work, and, and he's going to make me work. But that's, I go into battle. When I go into an interview, it's I got to get something out of you that's important for my audience, but I got to get out of the way and not make it about my people say, boy, you ask great questions. So I'll go. Yeah. But what are the answers? Yeah. Like I, I, a great question. is not a great question without a great answer. Dan, I sometimes think if you have that nugget, and we always do. If you don't get to that nugget, that means the interview was fantastic. Yeah. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. Like you're hoping you never get to it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. There are times when you go, Oh, I didn't even bring that up. Yes. And then you go, okay, you know, you sort of do that <laughs> reminder of I'll, I'll do it the next time. But that's what's fun when you get – but, you know, we're getting, what, five to seven, seven to ten minutes with somebody. And, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to get something of value out of them Very unless, hard. you know, you go, you go in and it's sort of like the game of operation. You know, am I down here on the knee? Am I yeah. on the shoulder? Am I going right for the heart? Am I going for the head? That's the approach you have to have. Nick Saban is a tough interview. Very hard. But yeah. I, I, I rarely ask him simple Alabama questions. You know, when I, I say, you know, what were you listening to on the way in? And, and so now I've got him out of his Nick Saban vacuum. He's in his, he's in his car in a truck. Now he's telling me. And, and now it's something different. Um, one of the strangest things I ever asked him was, I said, um, hey, Josh Jacobs told me a story about D's nuts. And, and, and so Nick has D's nuts jokes, where in practice, he'll joke around with players, and then he'll grab his junk and talk about D's nuts. So I thought, how do I ask Nick Saban about D's nuts? Sure. And I said to Paulie, I said, I'm going to ask about D's nuts. Oh, God, I don't know. I said, yeah, I got to ask D's nuts. And it's one of those where you can almost see the words leaving their mouth when you're asking Coach Saban. Yeah. So, Coach, we had Josh Jacobs on, and, uh, you know, he was talking about how you have fun with the players. And he said that, um, you know, sometimes you'll uh, bring up the expression D's nuts. Can you uh, confirm that? And then he, he, he laughed. He started laughing. And then he goes, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, I've been known to have a little fun with it. Like, it was just one of those where you go on. And, and my guys on the other side of the glass are like celebrating going, yes, 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 these nuts. And I, I you know, if, if you, but you have to build up some kind of relationship with somebody to ask about these nuts. Uh, but, you know, that's the fun part of it when you go, let's have fun with it. And let me ask you some of these questions. Yeah, it's uh, these nuts. Yeah. These nuts. These uh, nuts. I'm going to get you out of here in a second. Okay. We appreciate the time. Right. The Dan Patrick Show. Check it out. The Danettes, they're fantastic. Uh, Dan, I'm going to play a little game with you here at the very end here uh, with the Danettes. In fact, in two seconds here. But before I do that, uh, Mikey A., me, Levitar, the shipping container, the, the real reason we wanted you on today is we have, you know, we're on, we're, we're, we're embarking on our post ESPN era. You are well into yours and you have been very successful doing so. Uh, just Dan, tell me I'm going to be okay. That that's what I need some soothing. Just tell me Dan. Okay. Because you become a mentor to me. Someone I admire very much. Dan DP, look at me. Tell me I'm going to be okay. Okay. Now look at me when I tell you this. Okay. Levitard is going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! <laughs> that is perfect. Uh, All right, you ready for a little game here? I don't want any more. I don't care if I'm going to be okay. 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 All okay. right. Here's the game for you. We'll get you out of here. Okay. Pauly, McLovin, Fritzy, or Seton. Okay. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions here. You tell me the guy most or least likely. Okay. Uh, most likely to help Dan Patrick bury a body. 
Paulie, McLovin, Fritzy, or Seton? Paulie has already. (laughs) (laughs) I have no (laughs) doubt. Yeah. I'd say Paulie. Okay, perfect. Okay. Again. Okay. Uh, Most likely to rat you out to the cops, Paulie, McLovin, Fritzy, or Seton? Fritzy. Without even knowing he was doing it, he would, he would, he would, (laughs) because he can't shut up. Right. right. That's fair. Good. Um, Most likely to go to a nudist colony, Paulie, McLovin, Fritzy, or Seton? I'd say Fritzy, but out of everybody, he should be the last guy to want to go to a uh, nudist colony. Yes. Nudist colony, yeah. Uh, yeah, I know. It's always the guy where you go, what are, what are you thinking? Like, yes. Like, yes. really? Why are you I'm here? Like that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you noticed. I mean. yeah, like, yeah, wait, wait. like, you know, Brad Pitt doesn't go to a nudist colony. <laughs> no. right? John Goodman Zach, does. <laughs> yeah, Zach Galifianakis goes. <laughs> That's so right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, most likely to skip out on a bill. Paulie, McLovin, Fritzy, Seton. It's not a four-way tie, but it's close. I would I would say Fritzy and Fritzy or McLovin. Okay. Would probably uh, do that. Most likely to bail Dan Patrick out of prison. They better all be likely to bail Dan Patrick out of prison. Uh Paulie, McLovin, Fritzy, or Seton. Well, I might call Seton because he's probably been in that position before. <laughs> um he'll tell you where to make a left to get the good yeah. um <laughs> I, I would probably Paulie. Okay. Yeah, right. pro- probably Paulie. Uh, the most likely of the four to take over the Dan Patrick to sit in that chair <laughs> when Dan Patrick decides to. Ha- now, I think Paulie thinks it's Paulie, but I'm wondering who Dan Patrick thinks it's going to be. Paulie, McLovin, Fritzy, Seaton. When I leave? Yes. We all leave. <laughs> But damn, what are they going to do? <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> I've carried them this far, Stu. You're right. I mean, after this, they're grown men. Let them figure it out. Yes, You're right. yes they're, they're like you. Like, you know, they're going to be in trouble. Remember when you guys got in trouble? When yes. Oh, I do. <laughs> the well, simulcast. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. I, I, I kept going. When Levitard... You guys came on my show and I was on your show at the same time. And Levitard goes, uh, hey, did you get in trouble? I go, from who? Yeah. And he goes, oh, we got in trouble because we came on your show. And he goes, I, I, and I said, um, why? And they said, oh, something about, you know, not allowed to or something. I Like, I, I, you know, I said to Paulie, don't ask permission from anybody. Just we're going to do it. And Mike, I think, might have done the same thing where just don't ask permission. Yeah. And uh, then I, I saw where you guys got scolded a little bit. And I went to Levitard uh, and I felt bad for Dan because, you know, he's not afraid. He wanted to have fun. And we thought it would be something interesting to be on, you know, each other's radio show at the same time. And, uh, you yeah, know, it, it didn't go well. I and took I, a I took an unnecessary shot at you that day saying uh, that you were on some no name network. Who's laughing now, Dan Patrick? <laughs> <laughs> at least there was a name to my network you don't even have a name to your network yeah. i don't even have rejoins or a bumper anymore <laughs> uh dan thank um, thank you for fun. doing this man we appreciate it and uh i'm glad levitard's gonna be okay <laughs> i'm yes. glad okay uh, uh, tell the boys i said hello thank you Stu. all right same uh same to your boys talk to you soon okay thanks dan that was good right uh, yeah, um, I can tell how much you respect Dan Patrick by the way you got serious when you were talking about interviewing. Like, like you were like you are also in the echelon of great interviewers. There's Dan Patrick and Stu Gatz, yeah. and Matt Rushmore of great interviews. And you're like, really? I, I've been telling people all the time, you gotta listen and you gotta do that. And I'm like, yes, you no, you don't. <laughs> 
I've been a lifetime of not listening. I listen. No one followed his advice less than me. Okay. In fact, since he told me that, I haven't listened to a word anyone has said. He was talking, and you were agreeing, and all I'm thinking to myself is liar. No, no. See what it is with Dan. It wasn't just during interviews. It, Dan's advice to us in general was listen, listen to each other. Listen to your, you know, your producers, because you never know when someone's going to say something that's going to spark a really interesting conversation. And if you're not listening, you might miss those things. He is, a, to, for my money, Patrick and Levitard are two of the best interviewers we have. I am not very good at interviewing. All right. Love DP. He has become a friend and a mentor, and I appreciate his time uh, during a very busy time. For him, uh, Mikey A, uh, you recently left ESPN. Uh, I have recently left ESPN. I brought Dan Patrick on to soothe us. So I ask you now, do you feel any better about leaving ESPN than you did 40 minutes ago? You asked him if you were going to be okay, and he did not hesitate. He said, Dan Levitard is going to be okay. And I'm like, well, Stugatz has latched on to Levitard, and I'm latched on to Stugatz. At what point... Does the fat get trimmed? And by fat, I mean me. <laughs> so you wish you were producing stupa- uh, South Beach Sessions, is what you're saying? <laughs> um, I wish I was attached to Dan a little more permanently than I am. Okay, like like how permanently? Like like if Dan raised up his shirt like Quato in Total Recall? Like, <laughs> and there's Mikey Hayes' face just coming out of Levitard's stomach? <laughs> is that what we're talking about? Did I get it right? Is it Quato? Quato? I can't even remember. No, it's Quato, but um, I mean, that's that's quite that's that's quite the load for Dan to be carrying around all day, <laughs> even though he is also a large man. Right. Listen, he's carrying around a bigger load than that. <laughs> He's carrying around all of us. Oh, my God. So you would feel better if you were producing Levitard's podcast as opposed to mine. You would feel closer to Dan, right? That's fair, Mike, because he said Levitard will be okay. He did not say I'd be okay. Uh, You have no relationship with Levitard. Your only relationship is with me. Stupidity! Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.